All right, we're almost out of here. Now, from here on, it gets pretty normal. Offices, storerooms, a nice false front. I count to three. Hello, I want you. I open that door, and we move out. Everybody got that. Ready? Follow the leader. One, two, three. We may be trapped. Welcome everyone to My Bleeding Ears Podcast. This is episode number 151. We're recording this one nice and early in the morning. We just woke up, had our coffee, and we're ready to get this, get through this, get this over with, and then uh, throw this online and everyone can listen to this episode. So Yeah, don't say get this over with. Yeah, I know. It's going to be great. I know, yeah. Uh, it's just, we're both introverts, and but we still want you to hear our opinions. It's a conundrum. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to us, but not live, or like pictures of us either, just our voices. Uh, well, okay, let's not fuck around too much here. Anywho, let's, yeah. let's get to the stuff. No one, yeah, no one wants to hear my bullshit in the beginning. Let's, uh, all right, well, first on our list here, what do we got? Yeah, so we, this was a while ago, I, I forgot about it, <laughs> uh, so we didn't talk about it last week, The Axiom, this is uh, 2018, it's on Prime. Yes, no, uh, a little more time has passed, so I forgot a bit more of it, but from what I remember, this one wasn't too bad. Yeah, I was surprised by this one, uh, low budget, but mm-hmm. that's alright, because yeah. the story was engaging. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember the story? Want to go through it? Because I, I kind of don't. If you, it'll jog my memory, though, if you, you start going sure. through it. Sure. At the risk of her group's safety, a young woman travels into the National Forest where her sister has become trapped in a multi-dimensional world of monsters. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, now I remember a little more. Um, they go and look for this girl there, and mm-hmm. um, they're pointed in a wrong direction by, um, by these hunters in a way so yeah in this forest there are these other dimensions that lead to like a different world and different like people and monsters live there interesting concept it's, yeah it's like uh, the shimmer in in um in a way like uh what's that movie annihilation annihilation yeah it's we, not as beautiful no nowhere right? near because it's you know they didn't have <laughs> no, a budget for that right yeah so pretty much just someone just walks through <clears throat> an invisible border and then they're in a totally different world. And they start seeing themselves. They start going kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. They see different monsters, like people, humanoids. Yeah. And, um, yeah, this one wasn't too bad, actually. Yeah. It was it was a nice little surprise. I, I did enjoy it. I do recommend it. Uh, where is it? What was it on? Was it's it on, on Prime, and I'm pretty Prime? sure it was free. Yeah, it had to have been free. Yeah, because yeah. I don't think this is something we would have been willing to pay for. Yeah. But it was surprisingly good. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah the one British dude, uh, uh, the jokey guy, the, the comic relief, is in there, and you just got a few other characters, which are, are, are all right. Yeah, I, I'm invested. Some uh, Then, um, I guess, these... Places are in um, are full of like uh, 
demons that it can in like uh, possess you. Too. Yes. Yeah, that's also part of it. Um, yeah, so check it out, uh, Axiom. Yeah, Axiom, check it out. Next up, this one also surprised me, but I can't decide if it was in a good way or not. <laughs> okay. Um, Bad Match 2017 on Amazon, Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, free on right. Amazon Prime. Um, this is essentially about mm-hmm. a guy on like a Tinder type website, yeah. a Tinder type app, <laughs> um, who just like seduces girls, bangs them, and leaves them. Right. Yeah. He's a piece of crap. Yeah. He is. At first, you're just like, all right, he's a young guy playing the field, but he's a, he's a total piece of shit. Yeah. We he realize. is. We. Yeah. He's one of those. Guys, like I, I really haven't known too many of them in my life, but just the guy who goes, fucks a girl, never calls her back or anything. Yeah, never like uh, has real reasoning for it. You know, he'll, he won't spend the night with them. He'll just leave, make up some lie kind of thing. Right, I gotta work really early yeah, or some yeah, bullshit. whatever. And um, and that's not necessarily, uh, you know, if this was a mutual like casual hookup, that's fine. Right, but it becomes pretty clear that he. Really gets these girls like invested in him, makes mm-hmm. it sound like he's going to be in a relationship with them, and then lies right. through his teeth to get out of there once right. he's had sex with them. Yeah, and then that's it. Uh, until he finally uh, he meets his match in a way. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because uh, he he once again goes on Tinder or whatever dating app he's on, and uh, he hooks up with one girl. They have a great time together, and they they fucking everything in his apartments. And then he ends up waking up uh, late for work because she turned off his uh, his alarm on his phone. Mm-hmm. And he had a big presentation to give that day. Right. He almost gets fired from work. And um, he's, and they slept over at his place. So he's like, I got to go. Please just lock up before you go. And of course, she doesn't leave. But she she's, stays. She's still there. And yeah. starts making him uh, dinner and everything. And then you can kind of see where this is going now. You see that she's... Um, I'm not going to say that she's not all there, because I think she is all there. Absolutely. This is fatal attraction turned on its head. Yes. And then, of course, there are some few surprises going mm-hmm. on, uh, curveballs thrown. Um, so, yeah, I did like this movie. Me too. And I was happy this motherfucker yeah. <laughs> got, got his just desserts. He, he does, but the way he does... Is, is unfortunate. Uh, yeah, it's unfortunate, yeah. but you're 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 happy by the end of this movie. Definitely, yeah. Uh, I and like you this one. you pretty much know what's going on before the actual twist. You mm-hmm. kind of know what the twist is going to be, but that doesn't make it any less fun when it happens. Yes, yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, check out Bad Match. It was fun. Yeah, definitely. I I I, I, I couldn't wait for this guy because when you start watching this. You can see that there is no redemption for this guy. No, he's hot garbage. He is. Yeah. And and you would think in a movie like this, you would think there would be some redemption for his character. Like they would make the female completely nuts. And which right. she isn't. They don't do that necessarily. Which really works towards this movie and doesn't make it a lot like a bunch of other movies of like Fatal Attraction. Exactly. Kind of. And I, I was all signed up for a knockoff Fatal Attraction. I was yeah. like, all right, that's Same fine. Same here. As long as mm-hmm. they, you know, they did it well and didn't cop out with any bullshit. And they didn't. They really didn't in this movie. So I, yeah. I recommend it. Yeah, me too. You should. <laughs> 
Next up, um, this was, how did we watch this? This was on Shudder, Let's Scare Julie from 2019. Ah, uh, yes. I barely remember this one, but um, please. So a group, of teen girls, a group of teen girls set out to scare their oh, yes. neighbor. Okay, okay. The prank turns to terror when some of them don't come back. Right. So um, there's a girl, I'm pretty sure she's staying with her cousin. She and her sister are staying right. with her cousin, who aren't exactly close. They're extremely different people, but they mm. clearly grew up together. Um, and so this cousin is meeting all of her cousin's friends who right. all like sneak into the house. Right. They're just teenagers. They're yeah, being teenagers. Loud, you know, just not giving a fuck about things. They play a prank on the, so let's just say the main character, Emma. They play a mm-hmm. prank on her. She's just moved in mm-hmm. after whatever traumatic experience she's had. Um, and, and so... They decide there's a new girl living across the street, and they decide they're going to prank her. Let's like they scare did Julie. her. Right. Yeah, yes. exactly. And they swear, oh, it's just going to be a fun little prank. And mm-hmm. then, so Emma goes along with it as long as she says, okay, as long as you come clean and then invite her over to hang out with us. Right, yeah. Uh, so it's not just a mean prank. And they're all like, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We're going to do that. <laughs> totally. And so they, they all leave, except for Emma. Emma stays. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, all the girls go over to the house. You don't see them inside the house at all. Uh, this is a very long setup for this movie. Too. It is. It's a good yeah. half hour, 45 minutes of character development with these girls before they even head over to the house. Which is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't necessarily like these girls. They're right. teenage girls and mm-hmm. I'm an old lady now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know how annoying they are. Yes. But, but they're being teenage girls. You mm-hmm. can't help but get invested in their stories. And, I, and you do have to appreciate how this movie does longer cuts of their conversations and they're just being teenagers. It's not cut up and it seems they seem a lot more genuine that way yes agree. so i mean you might not like them like them very much but you can definitely see that there's some decent acting going on at least yeah. and that there's some character development uh so yeah the girls go across the street uh they don't show them in the house at all and then one comes back and the rest don't mm-hmm. uh or, and, and one then, comes back completely like in shock right uh, and then there's another one of them that plays a lot of jokes and plays around during this time, too. So you're you're not necessarily sure if they're fucking around right now still yeah. because they've been playing pranks this whole time. Exactly. But so then, Emma thinks they might be pranking her again. Right. Yeah. And um, then her little sister goes missing. And then um, we get a phone call from the house across the, the street that they're still over there. Uh, it's an interesting movie. Great, uh, Pretty great concepts. Execution was okay. I think they could have tightened it up a little bit more in the beginning. Yeah. There's a little bit too much of the girls. They need really needed to just get this thing rolling. And it took a long time for that to happen. It does, but I was still, like you said, invested I was still in it. invested. Yeah, yeah, same here. I wasn't bored and taken out of the movie. But I can see how some people can be taken out of this movie because it does take a little time for them to, I'm not even going to say get to the house. Because you don't even get to the house of them, really, in their in their initial yeah. prank and then when they're going. So you just wait for them to come back with the other girl and her sister. So, uh, yeah, it takes a little while, but it's still... I still recommend it. Me too. Um, I had a good time. Check it out. 2019 on Shudder. Mm-hmm. Next. This is... So, so I've been looking around at old, like, 80s and 90s movies that just got past me, but star people that I love. Like, last year we did... Last year, last, last week, week. <laughs> we did the attraction from 1995. That was an Abel Ferrer movie. The addiction. 
the addiction. The attraction. The fatal attraction. <laughs> that's where my brain went. Uh, the addiction that stars like Lily Taylor, Christopher Walken, Edie Falco. So <clears throat> this one got recommended to me. This one is a James Spader led Jack's Back. <laughs> Jack's Back. 1988 on Amazon. <laughs> we were like, fuck it, let's watch this. Yeah, movie. all right. Young James Spader, what's not to love? James Spader in general, what's not to love? Um, and he didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> It's a stupid movie. I see why it slipped under the radar. I don't know if James Spader would even want to talk about it now. If I were to meet James Spader, I would want to talk about this movie Ask with him. About this movie, yes, because you didn't like it. I liked it. Though. You did. I, I thought did. it was really dumb. It is dumb, but I like it because it's dumb. <laughs> he. I don't think this is too much of a spoiler. He Fuck plays, spoilers. This movie came out in the eighties. Fuck it. He plays twins. Uh-huh. Um, one of them was uh, a resident, we think, a we medical think, yeah, resident. Yeah, medical resident slash he was helped with like homeless people. He was a real, whatchamacallit, uh... Good Samaritan. Yeah, Good Samaritan, yeah. whatever. There's another word for it, but I can't really think of it right now, seeing as it's early in the morning. He gets tangled up. So the premise is a serial killer in Los Angeles celebrates Jack the Ripper's 100th birthday by committing similar murders, and only one has a chance of stopping him. Right. So the medical resident gets tangled up with the serial killer and ends right. up getting killed. So James Spader gets killed in like the first 20 minutes of the movie. Right. Which is surprising. And you're like, holy shit, he died. Yeah. But then we see, um, as soon as he dies, we see James uh, Spader wake up like in his bed all sweaty and shit. And you're like, oh, fuck, this is a dream. Yeah. Like, okay, wow, this is weird. Like, okay. Uh, but then we see that's not the same character because... He has a scar on his face. He right. has an earring. And then we're like, wait a minute. And but because earlier we saw a picture of him and his brother. And yeah, yes. they could be twins, mm-hmm. sure. I'm sure there's something like that happened before, I guess maybe somewhat hinted at him just by him looking at a picture. They're not close right. because the medical resident is obviously a like good Samaritan, mm-hmm. successful guy, and his brother's kind of a loser. As it turns out. Yeah, he's been in jail before. Yeah. He's just kind of trying to get his life back together. He moved into this new apartment. It looks like he's at least somewhat trying to be a good person. He is, yeah. It looks like he gets shit on in a way, too. So uh, he wakes up in bed and uh, he had some stigmatic dream or some shit, right. I guess. Or, when uh, his twin died, he felt yeah, it. Yeah. Yes, and then he goes, he sees that um, there's cops outside and everything and everyone's like, oh fuck, this is the guy that died. And like, wait a minute, no, it's his twin. And so from there you can see going on that his brother, who ends up being uh, who they everyone thinks is Jack the Ripper or yes. the, the person who's becoming the new Jack the Ripper... Um, well, he's hung by the guy who's uh, the actual Jack the Ripper, so people think that he killed himself because right. he murdered all these other people, like mm-hmm. Jack the Ripper. You find out who the serial killer is in like the first or second scene. Yeah, yeah, in the first twenty minutes. His name is Jack, and it's uh-huh. so obvious. You're just like, this has got to be a red herring. Yeah, it, it isn't. It, it isn't. No, <laughs> no, it's actually him. Yeah. Uh, so the rest of the movie, we see this guy, Jack the Ripper guy, and uh, James Spader's brother who's himself of course mm-hmm. uh, trying to figure out what's going on while this other jack the rippers now he's going after the co-worker which is the somewhat lover interest of uh, nice medical resident james spader yeah james spader's only billed as one person in i am <laughs> so i don't 
don't get it, but okay. John. So John. let's take John number one and John number two. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like uh, she was really into John number one. Mm-hmm. Um, John number one was not really that into no, her. It didn't it, seem like. More into his work and helping yeah. people and stuff. And even like his coworkers, like, dude, come on, she's all over you, man. Yeah, <laughs> and, she really, I mean, blatantly flirting with him. Right. And, yeah. and, I'm, and even I'm just like, dude, what the hell is your problem? I'm like, come on. <laughs> but then he gets wasted and. Like, all right, well, maybe she'll hook up with the other brother. Probably she ends up doing that. By Probably, the end of the movie. yeah. They're they're a team of sorts throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I had a good time watching it. It's not a great movie, but no. it's dumb. <laughs> but it didn't piss me off. <laughs> Jack's back, baby. Jack's back. Oh. Next, I want to save that one for last. Next. This is 1989 on Shudder, the McPherson tape. And actually, when I watched it, I thought I was watching a new movie. Yes. That was set in 1989. It's a found footage film. Right. And I thought, okay, well, there's this is clearly 2021, and they're just making an 80s found footage film. False. False. It is a found footage film from 1989. Yeah, that was takes place in earlier than that, like 83 or 84, yeah. about mm-hmm. uh, an alien invasion that happens during a little girl's birthday party. So um, this guy films a birthday party, all the lights go out, and they're uh, invaded by aliens. So uh, so now just thinking back to this movie about how, when it came out, was that we don't have, there were no phones like that, and the video cameras were huge back huge, then. Huge, yeah. So he has this thing on his shoulder the whole time. So they going, have right? to keep mentioning how big the thing is. Yes. And how stupid it is that he's carrying it around. Mm-hmm. And... Um, this takes place like kind of like in the middle of nowhere or at least a rural part of yeah somewhere that's maybe like a, no it's in the country i wouldn't even say suburb because there's nothing you can't tell if there's anything around them of course this happens at night uh, when the lights go out they go and investigate and they saw they see that a spaceship has landed mm-hmm. they rush the fuck back home because they see the aliens walking around the aliens don't look all that great but the mood and the feeling that the movie gives you actually works. Yeah, it really does. And now that I know that it actually was made in 1989, I appreciate it a yes. lot more than I did when I thought it was from like this year. Yes, exactly. So this is kind of a pretty good first try for the found footage. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's not the first movie, but it's very well could be possibly. 1989. Yeah, definitely. Because what are we? What was the? The Blair Witch wasn't the first. What mm-hmm. was it? Cannibal Holocaust? Is yeah, the first yeah, yeah. Known yeah. as the first found kind footage of, movie. Yeah. yeah. But this one does. It is effective for what they had at that time. And plus, the acting and the conversations they have are very genuine. And just how it doesn't necessarily seem scripted, like people kind of talk over each other yeah. and everything. It really feels like a birthday party and someone just filmed. It does. And just like semi-dysfunctional family yelling at each other yeah. it happens we all have those yes yeah <laughs> so yeah i uh it's less i think it's an hour long it's very very short movie it's very short uh, yeah an hour and six minutes you're right so uh i recommend <clears throat> it don't expect something too much but yeah i recommend this movie yeah i agree what did i say it was on well, that shutter wasn't it shutter yeah, yeah. check it out yeah and now, before our movie of the week, let's get to... Bum, 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 Mortal Kombat! <laughs> so, we were both pretty stoked about this. Yes. 
because it's a hard R rating. Mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't say it. the the graphic violence isn't hard to watch. It's no, like video it, game violence. It isn't, and it it's not that fucking hard of an R. It really no, isn't. You're right. Considering what we've seen on AMC and The Walking Dead, there's this right is, that's hard on, to watch. That it's upsetting to watch. Mortal Kombat is violent and gory, but in a fun, silly Mortal Kombat way. Right. That I would say. Was it um, that one movie with Gerard Butler is way more violent than this? Yeah. Uh, fuck it. Um, it's White, about the White House. White movie. House Down. Yeah. Or, or no? Is it no? Oh, no. That's the other that's stupid. That's the other stupid one. Yeah. Uh, that's the Jamie Foxx one. Olympus, uh, Olympus has, has fallen. fallen. Yes. yes that movie's fucking violent, Very man. Violent. That is yeah. way more violent than Mortal Kombat. Yeah, we're not talking like Rambo violence. Yeah, more. It's just <laughs> as exploitative too as Mortal Kombat. So. I don't think it would need a, a X rating or NC seventeen at all. I think people are just exaggerating. The video games aren't uh, aren't uh, NC seventeen, so right. And the video games are definitely even more violent yes. than this movie was. But I think that people were happy about this time was that there was the video game violence in it, whereas yes. the older Mortal Kombat's were easily like PG PG thirteen. PG thirteen, yes. Okay, so my thoughts on this is that I did enjoy it. So did I. Um, there were a lot of things that could have been better. One is the story. And I know a lot of people are like, uh, whatever the story, I just want fatalities, give me blood, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's yeah. how I feel. <laughs> that, and that's fine. That, and yeah, I'm, and the fatalities were there and I enjoyed them. They were cool. They were, they weren't really in the last one, uh, the 95 one. The silly little lines are all in there. Oh. Scorpion says his get and over that's, here. Yes, and that those are all great. And that here, all finish him. Yes, and, yeah. And those all should have been in the movie. And, and right. yeah, and that's I love that. That's great. That's part of the the franchise. And yes, absolutely needed to be in there. The only thing that's kind of really missing from this movie is the tournament that's right. built based around this whole fucking video game franchise. Is the tournament style of it, and it doesn't really happen. Maybe the next one, because it kind of it leaves they, it open-ended, but it, they, they fight. They fight, and they're in different locations, mm-hmm. like in the video game. And the, the locations are, like, they use those locations mm-hmm. to fight. Yes. Um, now, another problem, too, is, and it's not too much of a problem to me, and I know it's more of a problem to other people, is the main character that we follow in this movie is made up, it's a new character, and I'm just like, you know what, there are so many different characters yeah. from Mortal Kombat. There are at least, at least 60 characters from Mortal Kombat. And at 10 that you could have picked from it that weren't ninjas or, or monsters right. or anything. But this is, he's a, he turns out to be a descendant of Scorpion. Right, and then, yeah. Sub-Zero's trying to kill his whole bloodline. Right. Which I'm fine with. Um, the character is kind of boring, but kind of makes it up a little way. And you follow, you... You you are you root for him. You you see that um, like all the other characters have their chi or whatever the fuck they call it, and to have their special moves and everything. And he doesn't have his yet. Right. So you really kind of he's an, he's an everyman in a way. So that's the guy they give you. And, yeah. But they could have given that to anyone, any other character. Yeah. That's my my only gripes with the movie right there. Other than um, the fight scenes. The fight scenes are okay. They're 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 they're, they're fine. I think they're entertaining. They I are entertaining. Fun. They're they're not they're not bad. They're not bad fight scenes. But when you make a movie 
about fight scenes. <laughs> they need to be great or extraordinary. Yeah, okay. You look at a movie like The Raid or or uh, The Raid 2 or uh, any of those kind of movies where there's impact to the punches and there's damage and there's pain you see going on. This one doesn't really get it. You don't feel pain to any of these characters. You don't you don't see them flinch, you know? It, it's very, it's weird because you need to see some brutality in these fights. Yeah, it's still like cartoony violence. Mm. The only time I was even affected is when, what's his name, Metal Arms, Jax. Yeah, Jax gets his arms gets ripped off, arms which is great, yeah. by the way. And it's, yeah, <laughs> it is great. Yes. But I, I definitely was affected like, oh, mm. crap. I'm talking more about like impact of punches and kicks no i totally agree and yeah it, it, it's not like that it, it's not very impactful that's what i'm trying to say yeah is that it doesn't seem like people are getting hurt yeah because it's video <laughs> game violence yeah. yeah i would like to see more bruising and more hurting so um and those are my only gripes right there okay and i, I say it's video game violence mm. it doesn't matter to me but i see your point now What's good in the movie is Kano. Kano's fucking great in the yeah, movie. Yeah, he's fine. He's he, yeah, <laughs> he's a he's funny. He's the comic relief, right? Yeah. He's also the bad guy in the movie, in which anyone who knows Mortal Kombat knows he's not going to be the good guy forever. He's going right. to be the bad guy. Um, we get some great bad guys from Mortal Kombat and the sequels. We got a, a surprise to me because I didn't know he was in this movie. Cabal. He first appeared in Mortal Kombat 3. He's just kind of like a road warrior dude looking. Um, he's covered from yeah. head to toe because he got burnt. and So he's just all gross and everything. I liked him. Uh, you had Melina, who I love. Uh, from She first started yeah, in Mortal Kombat cool. 2. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was happy she was in there. She's never masked. You always mm-hmm. see her yeah. gross mouth. That was yeah. cool. I liked that. They had... Um, uh, Goro, of course, came in there, which is a surprise for the Goro character because he gets off pretty quick in the movie. Which, but he's the setup for our main character becoming a fighter, is that, right? Because um, he's getting his ass handed to him by Goro, right? And then, which we previously seen in the movie too, when he's getting his ass kicked because he's an MMA fighter, right? And like the first fight, he's kind of winning. You know, you know, you know, he's a good fighter, but he ends up losing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you see that he can take a lot of punishment, and that, along with loving his family and everything, really kind of gave him his power, which was I don't know, he could take a lot of damage, yeah. <laughs> and then he can mm-hmm. use that damage to fight back. Yeah, his family, his wife and daughter are always in danger, so mm-hmm. that's that's his motivation is to yes. keep them safe. Yeah. Um, then the reptiles in there, uh, there's a good reptile fight that was fun with yeah, Kano. Like right at the beginning, it's mm-hmm. cool, it's pretty short, but yeah. Yeah, it, 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 there's a lot of good parts in this. So I do recommend Mortal Kombat. Uh, I will say that the original had a better story, and some of the fights were better in the original than this one. Just like choreographed. Choreographed and just, like I said before, with like the impact. Like if you watch the original Mortal Kombat Scorpion Johnny Cage fight, it's pretty brutal. I mean, it's fast paced. Um, Like the setup and the the setting of where it is, it's just, it's a really, really good fight. So um, after, you know, just seeing that one in the theater and then throughout time and then kind of seeing these... It wasn't really replicated, which I would have liked to have seen a little more. 
Yeah. I don't remember the first Mortal Kombat at all. I mean, story-wise. So I don't know. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Let's just it, it basically really did follow the the story of the first one. They did a really good job yeah. in the first one of doing that, and um, yeah, from there, um, yeah, the story kind of lost the Mortal Kombat part of the story. Really lost its meaning in this one, but I do recommend it. Yeah, I recommend it. I had a good time. Yeah, was, yeah. Kano is fucking hilarious. Liu Kang is great. Uh, it's cool to see, like, Kung Lao in there, being a fighter. Uh, yeah, check it yeah, out. Yeah, check it out. Alright, All right. our movie of the week, coming up next. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Our movie of the week is the 1986 Charles Bronson vehicle, Murphy's Law. Back on the Bronson train We're again. Back here. on the Bronson train. <laughs> and I'm glad. I found out some more like life facts about Charles Bronson. Oh, yeah? Well, tell us about him. <laughs> so, Murphy's Law from 1986. We watched this on Tubi, by the way. Yes, so we free. watched with commercials, but for free. It's... Uh, the synopsis is an action-packed thriller starring Charles Bronson as Jack Murphy, a cop who is running to stay alive long enough to even the score with his wife's killer. <laughs> long enough to score with his wife's killer. Wait a minute. It's a whole different movie we're talking about here. <laughs> so to clarify, it is his ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but yeah. So, uh, and this is co-produced by his wife, Jill Ireland. Mm-hmm. And the things that I found out, my dad told me when we were on our Bronson kick initially that because we mentioned he has like 200 credits. He did a thousand movies in the 80s and 90s. Um, And my dad said that he did that to like make some easy money because Jill Ireland, his wife, was diagnosed with breast cancer in 1984. um, And so he needed to make money for her like chemo and radiation treatments. So yeah, he did a lot of these canon movies, <clears throat> yeah. which are, are very cheap and very cheap to make, and they made them very quickly, mm-hmm. and Bronson kind of signed on to do a bunch of them um, through them, so that, that's why every nearly every canon movie had Charles Bronson in it, yeah. Cause, yeah. and uh, they paid him a good amount of money, and he needed to work and pay for his wife's shit, so mm-hmm. he did it. Good for him. Yeah. Tragically, she died in 1990, I mm-hmm. believe, from breast cancer. Um, and he continued to work. He died in 2003, but continued to work. I think his last movie was in 1999. Mm-hmm. And that's when he started to show signs of Alzheimer's. Yeah. I think he was doing like this the series of movies called Family of Cops or something like that. To where he was like the, the patriarch of the, the family. And he was like a cop for a long time kind of thing. He was uh, in his late 70s in 1999. Yeah. yeah he, he, was, he was up there. But yeah, he was still doing... Stuff like he, the last Death Wish movie I want to say came out in what 94, probably maybe 93. 
So yeah, he was still working a yeah, lot. Yeah, 1994. Mm-hmm. And then you're right, Family of Cops. Yeah, right. Breach of Faith, Family of Cops 2. Yeah. <laughs> and Family of Cops 3, Under Suspicion, with yes. 1999, and that was his last film. Yes. Um, so yeah, he worked it quite a bit longer after this movie came out. Uh, so yeah, this movie. Um. Yeah, so anyway, <laughs> I just thought, you know, uh, Charles Bronson's life was interesting and kind of tragic there at the end. Yeah, but he did get remarried though, you said. He did, he did, he was married, yeah, he married again eight years after Jill Ireland's death and then was married to Kim something or other until his death in 2003. Mm-hmm. Okay, alright, Murphy's Law. Murphy's <laughs> Law. So I remember watching this with my grandfather when I was a kid. Um, and he, I learned what Murphy's Law was because mm. my grandfather told me what it meant when we watched this movie. Had you seen this before? No, I've never okay. seen this. I'd seen trailers for it before, and I was like, all right, another Charles Bronson movie, and the one uh, annoying girl from Roadhouse is in it. So yep. I was like, okay, let's check it out. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I was like, introducing. It's introducing her. I don't mm-hmm. think I can say her name. Kathleen Wilhoit. Yeah, I get, yeah, yeah, your guess is as good as mine on that one. Please, Arabella McGee. Right. Um, so, <clears throat> Jack Murphy, we see that he is a uh, detective who uh, is kind of down on himself because his wife left him because uh, he, I don't know, I guess he wasn't that great of a husband. <laughs> yeah, left him for a strip club owner. Yes. And now she's strips. And then he goes and watches her strip and tells her, like, how trashy she is and how she shouldn't and be dancing. And she's a whore, and, like, and you're just like, oh, I feel so bad for Jack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not a good way to... Stalking his <laughs> wife and calling her a whore in front of strangers. Yeah, yeah. Not, not a good way to introduce our hero in the no, movie, really. No. So the beginning of the movie, we see um, Charles Bronson shopping for groceries. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And his car gets stolen by, uh, what's-her-face... Uh, what, what, what? Her name's Arabella. Let's Arabella. call her McGee. McGee, yeah, because yeah. that's what uh, uh, Bronson ends up calling her, is McGee. Yeah. Um, he tries to stop her for stealing his car, and she gets away. He goes on a foot chase, and she crashes the car. He throws his groceries at yeah. the windshield, <laughs> and she crashes the car into a pizza place. Yes, yes. So, worst carjacker ever. Yeah, she was pretty bad, but she can, <laughs> she can hotwire one real quick, though. She did, yeah. Um, so after that, she, there's another foot chase where he ends up catching her and cuffing her, and they're about to. He's about to walk her back out to the police, but she kicks him in the nuts and mm-hmm. she takes off, and he doesn't catch her. Yep. <laughs> Which leads us to the next morning where we uh, we see him passed out. Um, he's just really down on himself. Drinks a lot now, uh, and then um, heads to work. And we see that he's a detective, doesn't really get along with some of his co-workers. Um, one of them especially, they, they have a, a few words with each other, and Bronson gives him a good old smack because uh, he said that he just saw his wife at the strip club, and she's got nice boobies and everything, yeah. so like uh, that angered Bronson. He breaks that guy's nose. Yes. Or at least bloodies it he, real he, good. He, I think he splits his lip. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then they have to be separated and everything. And uh, then that's where, like, he has to talk to the chief and everything. The classic talk to the chief. The chief mm. calls you into the, your, his office to yell at you. Right. But then he also has a mission for you at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> the good old <laughs> yelling uh, mission. Get yourself together, Murphy. Oh, no, yeah. You have to go do this. <laughs> <laughs> Something is totally not going to go wrong at all. Right. 
Uh, so he's tasked with uh, apprehending this uh, gangster, which... Um, from Mean Streets. From Mean Streets. Uh, well, the Mean Streets guy... Um, fuck, what's his name? I forgot his I'm name. I'm looking... Uh, but I've anyway, only ever seen him in Main Street. He's in tons of stuff, but he's like in Main Street. He's the guy who ends up uh, who, who is trying to get the money from De Niro and everything throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, he uh, I guess the the police are tasked with picking up his brother, and the shootout happens at the uh, airport when they go to apprehend him. A um, couple people get shot. Uh, a fucking uh, stewardess. Gets her head blown off because yeah. he takes her, like, the the gangster's bro- little brother is the one they're picking up. Ends up blowing away, like, one of the, the stewardesses, like, just shoots her in the head and starts to run. Then Bronson blows him away and we find out that, yeah, that's the brother of the gangster he kind of confronted earlier in the movie about, um, oh shit, what was it that he was confronting him about? I forgot. But anyway, uh... It's just shocking to me, and it shouldn't be shocking anymore, but how 80s and 90s movies are so cavalier with guns and yes. death. Like, mm-hmm. that, that generation of movies is gone. We treat gun violence differently Yes, now. yeah, absolutely <clears throat> we do. It's just, it's shot, he just, he's running with her, the stewardess is a hostage, excuse me, flight attendant as mm-hmm. a hostage, and then he just shoots it her It was stewardess head. back then, that's why I said Fine. stewardess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's shocking oh bronson just fires into a crowd <laughs> yeah blows this dude away yeah um and then yeah so um the gangster of the movie like his mama is like uh you have to get jack murphy and everything mm-hmm. so uh and then then that's when we learn that there's this woman who calls bronson late at night one night and tells him that <laughs> she's gonna haunt him and make his life a living hell before she kills him. Before, she's going to yeah, kill him. She's going to yeah. kill him, but not yet. Uh, hangs up the phone and... And we've seen her before. Before she calls him, she meets up with, what's his name, from Reservoir Dogs. Uh, Lawrence Tierney Lawrence from Reser- Tierney. Reservoir Dogs has a cameo in this movie. He's a PI. Yeah. And um, this woman, her name is Joan. She asks for information about people. Because we just see her in a park and she's waiting for this PI. And he comes over and says, uh, I got all the names, but it's going to cost you more. And she's like, fuck you, walks away. And he's like, well, if you don't pay me the extra money, I'm going to tell these people that you're looking for them. And then she's like, okay. And then she goes to give him the money, pulls a gun out of her pocket, and sticks it in his mouth and blows him away. But it's not before she says, I mean, definitely before she, before that, she says, open your mouth and go, ah. <laughs> she, and you think maybe she's just going to threaten him. Nope. Blows no. him the fuck away. Yeah. <laughs> so then you, and which is needed to happen because if she didn't do that this nope. movie would have had a, uh, gone in a different direction but right. she had to blow this dude away because she, she had to show the intent of her evil right, right. away because now we know what we're dealing with exactly right um so we know she has a vendetta of some reason against jack murphy to which she um stalks him she finds him uh she got all the info from the pi um She's stalking him while he's stalking his ex-wife. At the strip club. <laughs> so she's finding out all this information about him. And then when he goes and stalks her one more time, he's going to go... Well, he leaves the strip club for like the second or third time after mm-hmm. just watching his wife dance and then calling her a whore. Mm-hmm. Uh, leaves to get into his car and then he's knocked out. Um, Joan ends up taking his car with him in it, 
follows the his ex-wife and the, the, club, the owner. club owner to the apartment building and once they get to the door she rolls down the window and executes both of them at the door um drives his car back to his place leaves him there and then um witnesses tell the cops and detectives like well the license plate of the car and they find out that it's jack mm -hmm. um, so they have his car at the scene and everything and they bring him in to interrogate him and they pretty much got him by by the balls and by this time he has successfully arrested mcgee right because he was in because in his second attempt to go buy groceries <laughs> yeah. he sees her at like this mart and ends up catching up with her and so he brings her in and then goes in for questioning and they end up arresting him and handcuffing the two of them together. Mm. Ha ha. Um, <laughs> and our first time with her too, with McGee, is that uh, she's got a dirty mouth, but not like necessarily like it, it, it's very mid school, uh, middle school kind of. It's not even because I feel like in middle, middle school you're testing out swear like words. Fucking like fucking shit. Yeah. Hard swear words. She yeah. doesn't say too many like of the big one, the big daddy words, you know, she calls. Uh, uh, Murphy like butt crust. Yeah, and what took you so long? Butt crust. Uh, go suck what a doorknob. Look at you're welcome. Dildo nose. <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, and she's got at least at least yeah. fifty of these throughout the movie to where her insults. Suck a doorknob, you. Where is it? I lost it. Suck a doorknob, you homo. Yeah. Oh, <coughs> oh, the homophobia yeah. in this movie <laughs> is rampant. Yep, because when um when they get. Bronson by the balls when he's interrogating him, he tries, you know, he, he sees that he's kind of fucked in a way, and he starts making fun of the detective that he doesn't like that he slugged earlier, and saying, like, oh, you and your other partner spent a lot of time together, and you got no girlfriend, and stuff like that. Yeah. And then it comes back that um, the gun that killed them is his gun, like the ballistics test showed that mm -hmm. he's his gun is the one that murdered his ex-wife and her boyfriend, and then, like, the detectives kind of get close to each other and one kisses the other and everything just to, to fuck with Bronson. And so, I mean, that part was kind of funny, actually. <laughs> it, uh, it wasn't. <laughs> it really didn't age well at all. So Bronson's <laughs> fucked. And then, yeah. he, then he's taken to mini jail where he's going to be arraigned and everything. Uh, and then, yeah, he's handcuffed to McGee. And then that's when um, uh, Murphy starts to instigate a fight with McGee and she starts calling him all these names and everything and there's a struggle she starts to hit him and that's when the cop comes in and like, hey break it up in here to which he disarms the the cop in the jail cell and they escape with each other all locked in uh, all locked together with their handcuffs yeah. still on like why would you why wouldn't you take the keys from them first of yeah, all yeah which you think it's going to be in some way like comedic or mm. they choreograph some fight scenes well with the two of them handcuffed mm -hmm. together Neither one of those things happen. No, that doesn't happen. They just kind of yeah. run up the staircase together. They trick, um, you would think, you know, um, you would take go to the bottom floor to escape. So Bronson hits the uh, elevator to where it goes down. And the cops follow and see that it's going down. So they go down, but he goes up. Mm -hmm. And then there's a helicopter on the roof. And he's like, well, I haven't built one of these in 20 years kind of thing. And he's like, I can fly one. And he gets in it, and uh, they're about to fly away, and she's like, are you sure you can do this and everything? And the cops end up getting to the roof, and they're like, Murphy, we got you, you know, there's no escape. And then, you know, he disarms himself, he throws the gun away, and then they fly away, because you can fly a helicopter. Yep. 
Um, but then he and tries then to sh- land it and crash it, and they shoot at him, too. They shoot at him! Like, mm-hmm. let's crash the helicopter right on top of our building. Well, or... one of the detectives shoots at him, because there's about You're 20 right. cops on there, which makes sense later on, because one of the detectives, the one that he slugged earlier and was interrogated by, shoots at the helicopter before the cops are like, hey, don't do that. Yeah, the other guy says, hold your fire. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, you're going to crash into a city and murder a bunch of people. Exactly. Uh, he flies off into the country and crash lands onto a barn, which ends up being a the headquarters for weed growers, or very violent weed growers. Yeah, yeah they don't seem like the type maybe, of weed growers. Yeah. We, I mean, yeah, there's, there's the cartel and all. Yeah. They're pretty so evil. So they're but. probably part of a cartel. Yeah. Um... They knock Bronson out, and then they're going to sexually assault um, McGee. But Bronson, of course, gets woken up, kicks a few more guys in the balls. There's a lot, a of, lot good, of... He's got a lot of good genital kicks in yeah. this movie. Because mm-hmm. they're not over yet, because there's a few more that happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, they escape from the these guys uh, and end up heading over to Bronson's old friend, an old cop friend of his who retired because he got shot in the back. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's when we get a little bit more story on Joan, the person who's fucking with Bronson. Um, she is still insane. Like She was like let out of jail early. And we see that she has like this scrapbook of all these pictures. And we see that all the pictures of the people are the ones that, are the ones that sent her to jail. Uh, Bronson, his partner is um, the judge, the the prosecutor, like all the different people that sent her to jail. Now she's killing all these people in front of Bronson to fuck with him, including his ex-wife. So we get to see what her real motivation is. Right. We Uh, both missed why why she went to prison. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Crazy murderer. That must be what it was. (laughs) So yeah, she went to prison for (laughs) 10 years. Yeah. Now she's back for revenge. And when we see this scrapbook, she's talking to her... Parole officer, therapist, mm-hmm. something. And she shows, like, you know, I really know what I want to do now. And shows her, yeah, her parole officer. And then she ends up murdering her parole officer. Because yeah. she says, I will, you shouldn't have let me out. <laughs> like, I'm still crazy. Yes. <laughs> like and uh, she, uh, actually, she's really effective in this movie, Joan. She's great. She's a good uh, killer. She's, like, she's lifting weights and shit in there. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was a really cool scene. That actor's name is Carrie Snodgrass. Mm-hmm. She's been in tons of shit, too. Tons of things. Pale Writer. Wild things. <laughs> Just tons um, and tons of movies. A lot so of TV shows, West too. West Wing, Judging Amy. Yeah, she's done a lot of stuff. Uh, I I don't think I've ever... I mean, I guess I must have seen her before, but she wasn't recognizable to me. I hmm. said she looked like Margot Kidder and Edie Falco. Yeah, had a kid, yeah. <laughs> uh, she passed away quite a while ago. 2004, yeah. a year after Bronson. Yeah. Very young, only 58. Mm, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, she's our killer in this movie, and... Um, so Bronson doesn't know who's doing this to him, so he thinks that it's the uh, the mobster guy yeah. who's doing this shit, who's killing his friends and everything, because uh, Joan actually ends up killing his, his old partner, mm-hmm. um, who helps him out. Um, and the judge. And the judge, too. And while this is going on, he still thinks it's the mob dude, so he goes and pays the mob dude a visit along with McGee, because now they're a team together, they're mm-hmm. stuck together. Uh, the newspapers are saying that he's the one who's going around killing all these people, right. including his ex-partner. So now they're they're going to confront uh, the mob boss, and uh, they get into like this. It's called the El Royale Hotel, 
uh, where this dude stays and there's security. Of course, they get past security, get past his henchmen, and that's when Bronson starts beating the fuck out of this guy. And this dude's like, it's not me, it's not me. Starts crying freaking, and shitting himself. Yeah, it's almost hard to watch. He's really freaking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that's when McGee is like, I really don't think it's him. <laughs> I think yeah. it's someone else. And then Bronson is like, starts to get more ideas of who it is. So he ends up calling another one of his cop friends going like, do you know anyone who I've busted that's gotten out in the last, you know, few months or however long ago? Uh, to which this guy finds out that, yeah, it was this woman uh, did this. And, Joan Freeman. Right. Yeah. And um, Joan ends up capturing uh, McGee mm-hmm. and takes her to where it all happened kind of thing. And then that's this old building to it's, where I guess they uh, they apprehended her before. It's a really cool building. It what is. is it? I have no idea what this like building really is. really intricate staircases. Mm-hmm. And just like the old schooly like elevator, uh, elevator where yeah. it's just bars and everything. And you go up, the you can see the person. gorgeous, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a great set piece for the final act. And that's where she says, that, hey, this is where you can pick up McGee. And we can end this here where it all started. McGee and Jack have uh, oh, started yeah. flirting with each other oh. in a scene. and mercifully got interrupted because thank yuck. god yeah it was fucking yeah. gross oh so gross like no I, please don't hook up and, right. and luckily they don't hook up they in never this movie do. there's promise that they probably will but then the movie uh, ends and thank we don't god. have to think about it yes yeah. and, no gross so <laughs> of course this is where the end scene happens um we see that the detective um that's got into an altercation with Bronson before and the one that shot the helicopter is actually on the payroll of the mob boss because Bronson calls to get a hold of the lieutenant and gets him instead and says, hey, I know where the killers are. Bring the lieutenant and everyone to come here and we can talk and everything. Mm-hmm. To which the detective doesn't do any of that and just ends up meeting with the mob boss at the at the at this end scene here. And the mob dude's right. like, go ahead, go kill him. And then um, when he goes in, we see that Joan is also in there, too, and that she has a crossbow. Yeah. And she's a hell of a shot, too, with it. And so I'll admit, I look down at my phone, and then all of a sudden I hear, boing, 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 and I was like, what was that stupid noise? It's it's the crossbow, which is scary when you're watching, but the Mm -hmm. noise is really silly when you're not looking at the camera. So she ends up getting the detective right in the neck with the yeah. crossbow, kills him, the gun drops, and now Bronson is, is unarmed, uh, doesn't have a gun or anything, and she's just trying to pick him off with the crossbow up, up above a few floors. <clears throat> she tries to get the gun, and she shoots the gun away with the crossbow. Yeah, she's a very good shot. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I said, and you know, maybe I'm being sexist here, mm. but... I, I, like, what kind of military training that she had does, did she have that she knows how to use a crossbow? Yeah. And probably if I, you know, if, like, Robert De Niro got out of prison and was seeking revenge, like, You wouldn't even ask fear, that question. I didn't even, yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter where doesn't matter at all. So I'm being sexist. Yeah. But I was curious. <laughs> where did this woman learn these where manly learn things? Where did use a crossbow, lady? Ugh. Why, why isn't it in pink? Yeah. So, my bad. So, uh, and... When she's taunting Bronson now, that's when the gangsters outside are like, dude, this is taking way too long. So they end up entering entering this big fucking place and uh, they, ha- they have a nice gunfight with Bronson while Joan kind of takes a break upstairs and watches this all Just unfold. watches it, yeah. <laughs> Bronson ends up taking out a few of these guys. He does his 
patented through the window dive to where he tackles a guy, <laughs> which he originally did. Well, not originally, but before the movie we saw before he did that was Mr. Majestic. Mr. Majestic. He that's what He jumps it was. through and blasts another guy and he gets blown out the other window. <laughs> um, so um, now he, yeah, he starts blowing all these other dudes away. Uh, and now uh, we also know that McGee, who had been apprehended by Joan, is tied underneath the elevator. Yeah. And that the elevator has been turned to go all the way down to the bottom floor, and it's going to crush her. Mm-hmm. So that's when Charles Bronson starts running really fast down the stairs, um, goes to untie her and everything and save her. And he does, at the very last second, gets her out. And then that's when she goes, what took you so long, butt crust? Butt crust. And then she gets shot in the back with an arrow. Yep. Boom. She's like, and seemingly dead. And I was like, yes, she got fucking killed. Good. I was like, and it wasn't even because she's annoying or anything. I was happy that she got killed because it gave Bronson more of that motivation. So it seems like she's dead. Uh, And then that's when he goes and fights her. She's out of arrows now, but has an axe. There's scuffle a little bit. And then that's when he... Throws her over the, the side. Not before he takes an axe to the gut, though. Oh, yeah, he does take a, a good swipe, yeah. an axe swipe to the stomach. Um, and then, but he gets the upper hand. He does, like, this fucking karate kick off the top of these stairs <laughs> and knocks her over the side of the railing while she's holding on to the axe, hanging off. And then she's now asking, yelling for his help. And he just kind of just stands there and looks at her. And then she falls to her death. Yeah, it's a long scene. It is, because she's yelling, like... And finally, she says, go to hell. And he says, ladies first. Ladies first. (laughs) And she falls to her death. Um, You would think he would want to keep her alive to be a witness, like prove that I didn't kill all these people. Yeah, all these people. But, okay, whatever. Well, I'm sure once they find out that she killed a parole officer, one and one one are going to make two, and then... Uh, and then that's when we, the, the final scene we see Bronson in the back of an ambulance. He's getting taken to the hospital, and we see that there's another person in here, and it's McGee. Yep. Um, McGee has lived. Bullshit. <laughs> the movie should have just ended with Charles Bronson on the stairs bleeding out, and yeah. the cops, you hear the sirens. And that should have been the end of the movie I agree. right there. But I think maybe it might have been test audiences were like, Oh no, they were together this whole movie. Oh, maybe you have you know. to reunite them. Right. Despite their 43 year age difference, <laughs> I would like to point out, which is why, ew. Yeah. And she got shot in the back with an arrow, like yeah. right in the back. It had yeah, to pierce like, the lung or her spine or some shit. There's, there had to be some spinal damage, definitely. But she lived, unfortunately. She uh, is lying on her stomach, so yeah. at least they did that. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. So they're probably going to bang, but we don't ever have to know about Ugh. it. And did I mention the 43-year age difference Ugh. between those two actors? Yikes. Their yeah. age difference is older than I am. <laughs> Yuck. Uh, you recommend this movie? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I do, too. It's a nice little 80s, 80s detective movie. I like those kind of movies now. They're, I, they could have been looked at as kind of stupid, or you can brush them off. And you can, and You they still are. can, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I enjoy them. I think they're fun. I, I think it's it's a nice little relic from me growing up. Relic. That, era. that is exactly and what it is. It is. 
It yeah. is. And that's from the place of time it took, and things were different back then. Mm-hmm. And I accept that, and I understand that. And I, extend, I understand different motivations back in the day. But I don't have to condone the homophobia. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I'm not condoning stuff in no, any way. I, I'm just acknowledging that it's there. And yeah. I say, yeah, things were different back then, and, mm-hmm. and they don't happen now. So, uh, but yeah, I recommend it too. It's, it's fun. Do it. Get Tubi. If you don't have Tubi, why not? It's free. Yeah. Just do it. Just, There's lots of stuff on there. Oh, yeah. They have the first and the last Hunger Games. Yeah. I noticed. They're pretty much the only ones you need to watch anyway. Yeah. <laughs> or you can just watch Battle Royale. And, then and it's just, kind of the same thing. Yeah, way yeah. better. Anyway, uh, th- thank you guys for listening to us this week. We had a good time watching these movies, and uh, we'll probably be back next week or the week after. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Something inside driving you You never let the freeway